Can you hear me? You can hear me. I can't hear you. Okay. That could be on my end. Let me just check. I think it might be on your end, brother. No worries. <laughs> Sorry, guys. As we get this is this is the this is what happens with Zoom. Everybody in chat. There's always issues. Eh? Ruben, <laughs> Ruben knows. <laughs> Who wins the battle, Alcina or Dante? Oh, it's got to be Dante. Doesn't it? Has to be with our man in here now. I heard you before. That's the only thing. I swear I heard you. And then it something ticked over, Ruben. I did hear, hear you for a second there. That's what's weird. Yeah, I think it's you. I'm, I'm looking here. Um... Yeah. Love this guy. Yeah. Love Ruben. Just wish you could hear him. <laughs> uh, he's, at least he's laughing, you know. My man Ruben. Yo, my name's Ruben as well. There you go. I've, wow. I, this is, I think you're the only Ruben I know, you two. There's not many Rubens down in Australia. He's unable to talk to humans, that's why. <laughs> Are you a demon? <laughs> uh, no bioweapon can defeat Dante. There we go. I've got you now. I can hear you. You got me now. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Sweet. So, interesting. I guess my microphone, which I tested before this, did, is not working. Crazy. Uh, hold on a second. Did it get unplugged, like at the bottom or anything? That can sometimes oh, it's a, happen. It's got a red light. Oh, you oh. know what? I it, can you hear me still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear. All right, all right. Hold on one second. Let me just. This. Oh, no. there we go. All right. There's the whole quality just lifts. Look at that. Yes. All right. There. I. They should put next to the mute button. They should put a settings like little thing because I'm looking everywhere for settings and, and there it's next to the mute button, but it's like a little tab. Anyways, <laughs> sorry about that. Oh, I tested good, all this before you got on, so I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? And of course, when it goes live, it just stuffs up, right? Eh? That'd be the that'd be the way. How have yeah. you been, mate? Good, good, good. It's um you know, trying times for many, but I've been very blessed uh, where I'm at out in the country and um, growing some food and uh, uh, getting ready for the apocalypse. You're growing some food, are you? What are you, yeah. what are you growing? Everything and everything? Pretty much. Kale, uh, Swiss chard, radishes, tomatoes, eggplant, a lot of herbs, a little bit of the special herb. Um, it's legal here. <laughs> and uh, hold on, where are you based again? LA, 
Uh, just outside of LA. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, in the mountains in, in uh, Big Bear, California. Nice. Kind of nice. near Palm Springs. I guess you have to be there for your other for your, for all your jobs. Well, up until last year, yeah, up until we up until had last year, <laughs> crazy uh, shift in in, in world uh, events. Um, I've worked a few times. I've gone back down the hill uh, to to do some work, and um, it's it's a different vibe. It's a different world for sure. We're we're, we're we've we've definitely have entered a new uh, phase in in humanity and, uh, and, and how we operate. And, uh, I think it's temporary, uh, but I definitely think there's no going back to the old ways. Really? So do you, how long do you think it'll last in your opinion, this whole thing? It depends on how fast people, um, decide to become their own sovereign beings and, and not rely on, um, uh, certain groups, for uh to tell them what to do or to um to sort of uh be be enslaved by the uh the 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 systems that were in place that are collapsing now and um that's that's i think the the faster that we can get our act together as as sovereign human beings the faster we can transition into this new reality that will uh uplift everybody and instead of this sort of hierarchical pyramid system that will kind of shift into and become flattened. And then we all uplift each other as opposed to trying to fight and tear at each other to get to the top. Do you think things like social media and that are a, are a burden or, or a bad thing in that respect or what? It, it can be there. Yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, you, you know, social media, I, I don't want to put the blame on social media or any technology, which is uh, what a lot of people quickly do, but just like with any, uh, any tool, like a hammer, it could be used to build or it could be used to destroy. And uh, it's really on, on the user same, you know, we have the, the gun law situation uh, uh, throughout the world, but especially here in the States uh, it's, it's, it's quite an issue. And again, uh, it's a tool. And so much of the focus becomes about guns themselves, which is a very uh, valid subject. But uh, it's, it's really about the user of the gun. Obviously, the gun itself is built to, to destroy uh, its purpose. Uh, but it's also built to protect in, in cases. And, and a lot of people forget the uses of these tools and just focus on the tools themselves. So like guns, social media can be used to, uh, to manipulate and to um, uh, push specific agendas. And it can also be used to connect people and to spread information in a positive and, and, and good way. Um, and we just have to be aware of these uh, uses and, and and try not to become victim to the uh, the negative uses of these technologies. So you don't mind there being guns in Australia, um, in America? Because I know in, in Australia we right. it's a, it's a lot different here. You can't like I can't have a gun in my house. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, uh, I, I think it, with the situation uh, and now the sort of the, uh, the the argument up until now was you know, um, people need guns to protect themselves. Yeah. And 
and uh, against tyranny, you know, and this is why it's in the U.S. Constitution. Um, and we are now seeing this play out now in a uh, in a way um, that is sort of validating that that argument. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you guys don't have guns, and I think that's why the military has been deployed over the weekend to uh, lock down things. And uh, I think that's and in Europe as well. Most uh, European nations are um, don't have guns, and I don't think. Uh, or, or it's more difficult to get access to them than here in the States. And I think that's probably the reasons why we don't have military in our streets just yet. Right. Right. So how do you like, I, I want to get into all the stuff you're doing now. I will ask you the game gaming question now, just to get sure. that out of the way. Sure, sure, sure. Because sure. a lot of people do know you, of course, as Dante, and yep. and your other all your other roles, um, Chris Redfield, motion capture. Maybe just give us a rundown of that career and and how you fell into it, and if the passion's still there for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so video games. I've always been an avid gamer since a since a young age. Can I ask? Uh, are you still a gamer now or not? Not so much now. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, I'll get a couple of rounds of Street Fighter in, and that's about. Oh, nice. uh, that's about all I, I can. I just got so many other focuses yeah. and attentions that it, when and I and and I love games so much that once, especially RPGs or something like a a, a Last of Us type game. Um, yeah, I, I know once I start, then that's it. You know, because I, <laughs> I I have. I have, uh, I think, a pretty good self-discipline. But once I start these things, nothing gets done. Uh, and then the rest of life goes on hold. Uh, my vegetables probably won't get watered. And uh, <laughs> and then I have to be like, oh, shoot. So uh, yeah. so I, I kind of stay away from games um, uh, other than uh, getting a few rounds of Street Fighter in because it's quick and easy. Get a couple rounds, get my butt kicked. Who do you mean? Kick some ass. Of course, Ken. Uh, <laughs> I was going to maybe you had someone else, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. My backup's E Honda, but uh, okay. I haven't. Yeah. I've been playing so much Ken these days. Uh, Can you guess who I years. play? My name's Dan, by the way. Well, do you play, do you really play Dan? <laughs> no, I don't. He's terrible. <laughs> I know. It's, 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 anybody who can play that character well, hats off. No, yeah. So, um, so yeah, don't do the game so much anymore. Um, yeah. But, but appreciate and love the uh, the the that that genre and um, and I, you know, that was my career for s such a long time. I, I uh, because of my passion of the games, I followed that passion. It brought me to Japan. And while in Japan, uh, I, I sort of fell into acting as a as a means to to pay the bills. Uh, I wasn't really that passionate about it at first. Uh, I was very timid and shy, and 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 really hated being in in front of uh, on stage or in front of um, the camera. And uh, and I sort of did it a few times and kind of got used to it. I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. It pays well. I can put food in my mouth. So um, so I, I I I continued with it, and then and then I started to realize, okay, once I got over this fear of, uh, of being uh, in the limelight that uh, it's actually not so bad. It's actually a fun, fun mm. job creatively. Uh, I, I, I can take this um, 
this art known as acting and I can, uh, you know, receive these characters, put my own little twist in there and, and, and sort of, I, I started to realize what a great creative outlet this is. And, um, and then combining that with my love of, of video games and uh, technology, uh, then I started my own motion capture studio and I started getting into the, the motion capture uh, visual effects realm and uh, working on many big uh, titles, uh, helping to produce the cinematic cutscenes, and uh, had a good run at that for you know about a decade. Simultaneously pursuing a, a stunt and acting career, working on films like Avatar, and um, I worked on Charlie's Angels. Pirates just of the a couple Caribbean. of small films. Yeah, just a couple <laughs> of small films. Um, uh, and it was great. I had a great time. What are what are the uh, sets like for those films, by the way? Oh, it's just epic. I mean, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, when we had the two ships, that, that was the main scene I worked on when the two ships were going around this uh, uh, sort of uh, big uh, vortex of some sort. Um, it was part three. And uh, they literally built these epic big boats, right? And... Uh, and then green screen all around and this massive oh, really? rain system Far and we're, right. you know, swinging from one ship to the other and we're battling the, each other and explosions. And we did that for a couple months and it was, uh, uh, pretty intense in, in this giant, um, uh, airplane hangar, uh, out in the desert. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, just talk about epicness and, yeah. and, uh, um, and, and size of, of production. Right. Um, it was quite, quite the uh, experience and, and forever grateful for that experience. Um, and then get, you know, getting into the games and developing, working with developers and, and, and game creators and, and, uh, just, just what a blessed career I've had, um, in all of that. And, and then getting to, uh, uh, become this iconic role of, you know, Dante and Devil May Cry doing the motion and the voice. It's, it's, uh, another just, uh, pr uh privilege, um, and an honor to, um, to give life to these characters, to uh, assist the, uh, creators of the game, uh, because it's not all me, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely the team of the writers, uh, the creators of the video game, the property Capcom, uh, and, and the story writers, it's the game mechanics and all of this stuff. So it's just that perfect combination of all of this talent coming together, which then the, you know, the user and the player gets to experience. Um, so having a, a small part in that is, is, is always an honor and, um, and forever grateful, like I said. So, so just over the years, my interest has sort of. Yeah, I know your interest directions. has gone in other directions, but if they mm -hmm. asked you to come back for Devil May Cry 6 or whatever the next one would be, would you do that or are you just not in that realm now? I, I, I would. I, I yeah. mean, for, to reprise any old roles, especially those iconic roles like, like Dante, uh, yeah, I would, I would not uh, pass on that in a heartbeat. Um, it looks like they've already sort of replaced me on Chris uh, since the latest rendition I saw came out and they, they didn't invite me back for that role, which, uh, was, was sad, but I, but I also at the same time, like, okay, it's that, that role is I'm ready to pass the baton. I think it's, <laughs> we're, we're, we need to move on. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it was a good character to portray and, uh, and, and 
again honored all these years to to play that role. Well, that might but, be uh, is that might be to do something non-union versus union, maybe. Uh you know, I, know. I, I work on both. Oh, do so, you? Okay. Uh, yeah. So I don't I don't know what the politics or the mechanics of that was, uh, or or maybe you know it, different. The these new projects they they have new producers and a lot of them don't even know the the, yeah. the history. And sometimes they just, it's just a, you know, okay, we're going to audition and Go do fresh. they don't even, yeah. yeah. So they don't, so the, the producers that I've worked with over the years, uh, Mr. Kobayashi um, from Capcom, he's been adamant about constantly, you know, whenever Chris is there, make sure Ruben gets a phone call at least, and we'll give it up to him to, to pass. So yeah. Uh, uh, he's probably not the producer on this one. It's probably a different guy. So they probably don't know that history. And, and that, that's my guess. Um, yes. So it's it, in totally understandable. And I'm, and, and I'm sure the the new guy is awesome and, and is holding that uh, 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 role up to uh, the years that I've sort of helped set it up. So hopefully it's, it's moving on to the next stage, but for Dante, absolutely. I would definitely come back yep. for, for that. Uh, someone in the, yeah, someone in the chat said um, something about that Hercules poster in the background that you've got there. The uh, the, the unicorn. The the unicorn. Yeah, sorry, the unicorn <laughs> um, poster. What is that? They want to know the story behind. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> I worked on the show. It was a kids show called um, Kicking It. It was on Disney uh, XD. And it was a four-year, went on for four years. But for the uh, pilot, I, I worked on the pilot in the first few episodes uh, as the stunt coordinator. And the, there's a character uh, in the in the show called Bobby Wasabi. And uh, Bobby the idea Wasabi. was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and the idea was he was uh, kind of based off of like, uh, like Chuck Norris or like uh, Steven Seagal, these old uh, 80s uh 70s and 80s uh, action iconic action stars so he had um th they needed this character which they hadn't cast but they're like hey ruben could you like do some martial arts and 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 take some pictures and and do some stuff so i, I you know in 2 hours i just did a bunch of poses and you know flying <laughs> kicks and all this stuff yeah and then they they ended up taking all these pictures and and creating a whole slew of really crazy posters. Uh, this uh, is just one of them. Right. Uh, posters and, and paintings and stuff. So it, later in the series, they go to Bobby Wasabi's house, who's now portrayed by another actor. I forgot his name, but he uh, um, is, is sort of washed up, uh, overweight uh, in 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 his you know sixties, past his prime. But he has all of these iconic posters of when he was in his prime of these uh. different films and movies. Yeah, so yeah, when the yeah. show finished, they were like, "Hey, Ruben, do you want, you want uh, one? <laughs> this is you. It's me with a Fu Manchu mustache. Just like this is you." And I'm like, "Me riding a unicorn, you know, with this epic <laughs> thing of yeah, got to have that for sure." <laughs> oh <laughs> man! So and I've is got that a, a whole stack of them in my my garage? There's a ton of. Oh, maybe you'll things. give one away one day. Hey, um, yeah, yeah, I think I will. Um, is that a v, v Vendetta Viva Vendetta mask as well, right behind your ear? Uh, it is an no. yeah, Vivendina Anonymous. Uh, yeah, one of my you know f favorite characters that, that uh, in the films. Uh, it, it stands for so much, right? It's oh. to be. I, I love the, what a great movie. The, 
love the movie and 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 if anybody wants to know what's going on now just go watch that movie it's like yeah. a perfect <laughs> rendition of what what's happening well, isn't that weird time. eh? yeah that's they, bizarre they, they really uh knew what they were doing when now they made that we are going to get into your stuff i've just got two quick questions here from the audience sure. first one julia says hi mr langdon i wanted to ask you were you aware of dante's appearance appearance in SMT3 Nocturne before you voiced him in the remaster and that he was based off the DMC2 appearance. Now, that's above my pay grade. I, I hope you know what that meant. I, I was aware and I yep. didn't know that. Um, so it made it that much more exciting when they called me back to uh, to sort of to do that role or to do the voice for that character. Because I was like, wait, I didn't originally, DMC2 wasn't me, but this is cool. You know, I get to, you know, play this version of this character that I'm known, known for and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, put my stamp on there. So it was, that was fun. Cool. And Mark replacing Ruben as Dante would be like replacing Christopher Reeve as Superman. You couldn't do it. It had sucked big time. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I want to ask you about this new venture of yours. Talk to me mm -hmm. about it, how you got into it, and where where you're at now with it all. Yeah, so in 2007, I had a, uh, a, a UFO sighting, which, uh, you know, blew my mind, as most people who have these things happen to them. Can you go into that, or is that something that's private? No, no, sure. No. I, I've shared it many times. Yeah. It was uh, simply... Uh, I was at the time I was working on the film Avatar and my mind was getting blown every day on set because mm. uh, YouTube had just come out and uh, I was working with this incredible team, James Cameron and the team that he put together uh, um, and working on this incredible film, which at the time was top secret. I couldn't talk about it, but uh, working with uh, indigenous uh, native Americans and, um, and studying uh different indigenous cultures from around the world, including mm. the, the Maoris from New Zealand, uh, Aborigines in Australia, uh, different really? cultures that mm. I, I, yeah, I hadn't been exposed to in my acting action fighting career. Um, and so the, the Navi were modeled after all of the indigenous people of the world, not ah. one specific uh, heavy native American influence because we, we've shot the film in, in America, but, um, Took everything into really, account, yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, Jim had put uh, on on the uh, walls of the uh, production uh, studio all over the place. We had um, pictures of different indigenous and their costumes and in their um, uh, regalia and uh, um, and and just different types of people from all over the world. And that's that was the inspiration for designing the Navi. So it wasn't one specific indigenous culture, sort of taking these pieces. So wow. as a performer acting uh, and becoming a Navi, I had to get familiar with some of these practices, some of these ideas, some of these belief systems. And I learned about the uh, the, the Amazon jungle ceremony ayahuasca. Uh, which is a uh, it's a psychedelic tea that is uh, done in in ceremonial uh, cases to for healing purposes. And, and in fact, Jake Sully in in one of his uh, uh, in, in a scene that didn't 
quite make it was based off of ayahuasca, which uh, he, you know, he gets a, a stab from a worm or something. And uh, that's what initiates this sort of psychedelic um, uh, experience. And when they removed it. space. And, and they, yeah, it didn't make it to the final cut, but you can find it online. I think I actually just tweeted it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. Um, or I, it's, I think I put it up on my own uh, YouTube channel. I think I reposted it. Um, so I was one of the Navi in the, in the, uh, in the ceremony and Jim's explaining this ceremony to us. And I'm like, wow, okay. I did not know this. This is, this is fascinating. So then I would go and do some research and then I, I, I would find, uh, these different cultures. And then I started finding these through lines that these different indigenous cultures, even though they're, they're all over the world and separate continents, they, they held very similar belief systems. And, um, and then I would uh, simultaneously were watching YouTube. And then I discovered uh, this uh, thing called the disclosure project, a 2001 event that Stephen Greer put on uh, and had many, um, uh, whistleblowers to come out and talk about uh, the fact that uh, you know the, there's an ET presence, an extraterrestrial presence, and that the government is 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 hiding it. That there's a a, a suppression uh, going on, um, and the, many people from different agencies, NASA and, and military and whatnot, came forward to to sort of disclose uh, what they knew. So that happened. And then I'm like, okay, why is this not, why didn't I know about this? Why doesn't the world know about this? And we found out about YouTube. Um, simultaneously, uh, movies like The Zeitgeist came out that sort of put another perspective on the 9-11 event that happened in, in New York and the, in the, in the uh, planes crashing into the towers. Mm. And uh, finding out all of this, um, what we term today as conspiracy theories, finding all this information and then doing my own research and realizing that maybe some of this stuff is not so cons uh, fake. Conspiratory. Uh, Conspir is that the word? You know, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I've um, made that up. Yeah. But there seemed to yeah. be truth in much of this, these, uh, uh, these things that people were putting out there. Yeah. Um, simultaneously, I'm, I'm meeting with indigenous elders and they're telling me, of the oppressions and the uh, the things that their um, culture have had to go through over the years, through uh, you know modern day society and uh, big you know big uh, companies and, and, and interest groups sort of doing things to their people and to their land and and this and this bigger story just started to fit. Uh, you know, uh, I saw another movie called Loose Change that, uh, you know, mentioned fluoride, our water being fluoridated. And I'm like, what? how is that possible? And then simultaneously, CDC comes out and says fluoride is, is, is a neurotoxin, highly deadly. And then I'm like, well, why would they put that in the water? And then I would do some research and I would find out they're actually putting fluoride in most municipal cities and across America. And I would say across the world, they actually take uh, byproducts from from steel and metal factories uh, and uh, aluminum and whatnot, and, and uh, as it breaks down and creates fluoride, that they're actually putting in in our water table. And and I just found this uh, uh, something that would you would think would just be insane conspiracies, but all this stuff started to come true. And uh, around that time, I had my own sighting in 2007. My mind was blown. And I started going down that rabbit hole of trying to figure out, well, I, 
I saw this, this, I saw something, what did I see? And, and why is it such, why are so many other people seeing these things? And why is it such a taboo to talk about this? Why is it such a, uh, you know, I, I wasn't on any type of hallucinogenics at the time. Uh, in fact, up until that time, I had never experimented or even tried any type of hallucinogenic. Um, since then, obviously, uh, ayahuasca and other uh, um, ceremonial type. Uh, Is that what people type. ask you when you like, do they say, were you on something, you know? Is that the first exactly, thing? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the first thing. Yeah. That's the first, that's sort of the knee jerk uh, built in societal question that we uh, have created that, that the media and our culture has created to uh, debunk or to demystify or to try to take away uh, someone's personal experience, uh, spiritual or extraterrestrial or, or whatever it is. We try to invalidate their experience. Uh, which I think is 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 a crime against humanity. So many people are having uh, various experiences, and we shut them down because it doesn't fit a certain paradigm. And when we start exploring those uh, experiences, and that's what I do now as a living, I explore people's uh, experiences that the rest of the world has sort of invalidated. And in doing so, I'm I'm discovering a bigger picture of what reality is and what is possible. And the limitations uh, that we've put on our on ourselves um, go away when we do that. When we explore uh, these far out concepts and ideas, we get to um, have, in my opinion, a a more rich uh, life uh, in in having open mind and and, and possibilities and what is and just. Uh, you know, what is possible uh, and, and whether you're experiencing it or not, why, why try to take that away from somebody else who is experiencing that as long as it's in a positive sense, as long as there's some sort of positive outcome that's coming from, from this. Of course, if it's negative and there's, you know, self-inflicted uh, uh, um, pain or somebody's neglecting their, their responsibilities as a, a you know, as a human to human responsibilities as family or friends or these kinds of things. We, those are definitely potential uh, um, outcomes to someone going too far in one direction or another, or going down a negative path. But uh, I try to stay focused on the positive and see what positivity can be um, obtained from exploring these ideas. So you started to do your research and then you created this mm -hmm. show out of it. Yeah. 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 Well, first uh, in 2013, um, I produced an event, the Citizen Hearing on Disclosure, which uh, was a five-day event um, at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. It was uh, over 40 witnesses, mostly ex-military government officials. It was kind of like Stephen Greer's um, Disclosure Project, but on steroids. Instead of a two-hour event, we did a five-day event with six former members of Congress uh, and one one senator. How'd you and, pull that off? Um, we had an investment. Uh, luckily, I was going to say, wow. yeah, it was a, it was a mil million dollar plus budget. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and the investor uh, Thomas Clearwater uh, came in and uh, invested that. And we were uh, the original plan was to create a film based on the uh, event and based on on the, some of the key witnesses. Uh, unfortunately, our budgets sort of got pulled 
out from underneath our feet uh, when we got to that stage. So we could never finish the film, but the hearing archive is there. And now uh, thanks to, to Mr. Clearwater and his generosity, we're releasing um, the uh, hearings for free on YouTube. And uh, we're about a little over halfway through the release and um, a new episode goes up every Friday at 12 noon uh, Pacific time. So that's, um, and you can just go to citizen hearing on UFO disclosure, uh, Google that, or, or look at through that on, on, on YouTube and, um, citizenhearing.org is, is the website. So that, so producing that, listening to the military people having, um, some very strange conversations with some very high up people, um, just, you know, uh, piqued the, my curiosity even more, but also I realized that there were certain dark aspects of this subject that I didn't really want to be put into those positions. Um, what do you mean? And well, the main thing, the main reason for the secrecy over uh, of, of, of this um, topic mm. for so many years, it, it comes down to really uh, energy and our energy paradigm and how we understand uh, physics and, 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 and energy production. And we've been sort of told a, uh, a, a specific narrow uh, set of rules that this is how the universe works. This is what, uh, this is how physics work. And, um, and, and sort of locked into that paradigm. And in reality, when we see these, as we're now, many years after the hearings, uh, seeing uh, the military disclosures and we're seeing, seeing um, pilots like Dr. or not Dr. Uh, David Fravor um, and others talk about what they're seeing and experiencing. Uh, and we know for sure now, uh, if there was any doubt, uh, you could just watch the 60 minutes piece, 60 minutes piece that came out a couple of weeks ago or months ago. Um, and all these, you know, more mainstream disclosures uh, these uh, craft are not running on traditional propulsion. You know, they're not burning gas. They're not creating explosions to propel themselves uh, in and in, in, in and through uh, space. And so, or, or the air, uh, yeah. they're not using aerodynamically correct uh, uh, physics. They're doing something completely different that is non-conventional. Uh, and what that is, is it's an alternative energy source. There's and there and depending on the craft, there's many different types of energy sources, and some of the best testimony we have is is uh, from uh, the uh, from Bob Lazar, who actually was working at uh, S four, just outside of Area fifty one, and reverse engineering some of these craft. And he he talks a lot about some of the physics and and how they propel themselves. So when we start to uh, uh, get out of this very narrow paradigm of how the universe works. And we can start opening ourselves up to bigger uh, ideas and perhaps constructing some on our own, some of these um, alternative ways of, 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 of uh, using energy, harnessing energy that exists. 
then that becomes a direct threat to the energy industry, which is the largest industry in the world and the most powerful and the bigger biggest players. If you look at the uh, the money structure and how we even uh, observe and can see money, money is um, is a direct uh, directly correlated with with energy and power and. Uh, and currency, <laughs> if you understand those, the, even just the terms, uh, power, currency, energy, um, they're all interconnected into going back to this hierarchical structure that I talked about uh, at the beginning is when we uh, find alternative energy sources that we don't need to rely on uh, these um, mm. uh, power structures and we can turn this down sideways then we're no longer uh, giving our power away to a to a foreign source or a foreign uh, figure or and when I say foreign, just anything outside of your own, you know, contained area. Uh, and this is why um, uh, the 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 secrecy of the UFO um, phenomenon is it has been a secret for so long, and and that truth right. embargo is collapsing. It's starting to fall away as we discover other. Uh, energy sources on our own without the UFO technologies, um, solar, wind, and as they get better, we're already starting to collapse this paradigm. And I think the powers that were are starting to see this. So they're loosening their grip on the uh, information flow of the UFO phenomenon. They see that it is inevitable that we will come to a new paradigm of, of, of energy. And uh, so so expending resources on trying to contain a, a, a uh, an inevitable future, uh, I think they've they've reallocated some of the resources, uh, and this is why we're seeing this breakdown in the truth embargo right now. I've got so many questions for you, mate, and a lot of people are actually enjoy, <laughs> enjoying this uh, change of pace. Um, Very good on the show today. Uh, so, in terms of aliens, UFOs, and that sort mm -hmm. of thing, what what can you tell me what are they in your opinion are they here right now like what's your opinion on on that side of things right now like where are you standing with that now yes they're time? absolutely here right now yep. uh, they have been here from the beginning since the beginning of time and in fact the the craft that were caught uh, the tic tac ufo so to say that that david fravor and sort of made famous in in the mainstream media uh, off the coast of California and the Pacific, um, these are uh, the these are craft that have that are actually originated from Earth. Um, not all of them, obviously, not all the UFOs, but that that one specifically uh, has comes and, and has there's uh, bases in the ocean, and um, they have been here all along, sort of observing our uh, growth in our technology and our civilization and how we've been going along doing our thing, um, hiding in the shadows, so to say, not necessarily the shadows, they're at a different uh, vibratorial frequency. So they all they have to do is sort of phase in and phase out of our reality. But in a sense, they're in a reality overlay on top of ours. So they, uh, like a fishbowl, um, they can see into the fishbowl and see us doing our thing and from time to time pop into the fishbowl and interact with us, but uh, they can go on the other side of the fishbowl where we can't, not just yet. 
So we're kind of limited to our fishbowl experience. Wow. That's fast. That is fascinating. Your I'm going to close the blinds here because the. Yeah, yeah. The, go uh, ahead, man. That's fascinating. So, what's. So, and the military knows about this. Um, yeah. So, how they, long they, do you think they've known about this for? And please ignore my ignorance on this subject. Oh, no, no. This is, mo- this is most people are not going to uh, <laughs> really have this information unless they're talking to the ETs directly. And that's, that's, what <laughs> yeah. my show, that's what my show is about. So, I'm, I'm lucky. I got a lucky front row seat to a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think certain factions of the military have known this since the beginning of the military. Um, mm. uh, but really on the, it's, uh, you really have to go far and, and deep. The general military does not know any of this. Um, and they've been communicating with us uh, along certain representatives of humanity uh, for a long time and sort of saying, Hey guys, we know you guys have your power structures in play and you're doing your thing and we want you to uh, do what you want to do. But eventually we're going to have to say hi to collective humanity and, um, and start interacting when they're ready, when you're ready. So they're just kind of wait. They've kind of been waiting it out. So you think and, the, the government are, um, are holding off on, on seeing these beings? Is that, is that well, we saying? have to sit, we have to be very careful when we say the word government. Okay. Because our understanding of how the government structure is, is not really the way it is. Uh, we're, we're given a very, um, limited set of optics when it comes to our governmental structures. Uh, and if you watch a citizen hearing and you talk to the Congress members, they even say themselves, they are representative. They don't have a need to know and a lot of information. And even though uh, in America and Australia, it's very different, I'm sure not that different, but kind of structurally, they've been sort of mirroring each other. But um, we elect our representatives, so we think. (laughs) Um, We used to. And they would uh, come into uh, power, and then we supposedly vote on certain things, and then they do their things and all that. Um, They're just doing the barking orders of another group um, that is really... They're just the face. They're just the face, Mm. exactly. And... And there's groups within groups within groups. So the the levels that we see of what is government really is not uh, what's even the power structures that 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 are that are that have the, the grip on society and reality. So we tend to get mad at the government, you know, and it's like, well, there are actually things that we don't see that that we really should be getting mad at. And these are these uh, small groups of individuals who have taken it upon themselves to decide the fate of humanity. And, uh, and these are the power structures that are falling. Are these the big, big boys in the big corporations or are these? This is beyond corporations. This is, right. this is, this is, um, these are families mostly. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of some of, you know, these big families uh, of, you know, the, uh, the Bilderbergs and the, the Rothschilds and, you know, the, uh, the Rockefellers and this, you know, the Mellons and these kinds of families that have um, sort of been in charge since day one. You know, the, they, they've, uh, 
and then in the Asian dynasties, we have different different things going on is there. Most of those dynasties have fallen and certain factions of this other, these other groups have sort of taken over, but um, it's, these are the, these are some of the players that are um, playing this, this epic cosmic game on, uh, on our reality. And, uh, and most of us are, are just not privy to it. And when you start following this UFO thread, you start to, become privy to it because you ask the questions. I ask the questions. Why, why is this a secret? Why is that a secret? What's, what's that person doing over here? And why can't that, why is that person being assassinated? And why is this person uh, life becoming terrible just because that person, you know, was part of this project and talks about it. So it's, it's, those are the structures that are falling apart now because uh, of where humanity is, is moving uh, you know, many of us uh, are, this information is becoming more accessible, but more so than the information, the, um, and I, I say this a lot, and, 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 and you, you can uh, let me know if you don't quite understand it, but yeah. the vibratory frequency, uh, Nikola Tesla said, um, if you want to understand the universe, you have to think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And what that means is everything sort of string theory is based off of this. Everything is vibrating at a specific harmonics, a specific rate. It's like a string that, that moves. So like this keyboard has a vibratory frequency that, um, that contains that makes it the geometry that it is. If you've ever heard or seen of cymatics, which, uh, the vibration of water or salt on a plate creates specific geometrical subject, uh, uh, forms. So the, the thing that keeps, because if you, on a molecular level, if you go down to the, to the microscopic molecular level of this keyboard, it's just, it's 99% air and the atoms are so far apart that you really can't even tell what kind of structure it is. So the things that keep this structure together is the frequency of, uh, and the harmonics of this, this item. And each and every one of us and everything has a specific vibratory frequency. So mm-hmm. when I say the frequency of the planet is vibrating, humming at a certain rate, which the Schumann resonance, which is just above seven hertz, um, that is shifting and that's changing. And as the frequency of us individually shift more from a competitive, you know, trying to get to the top and take let's we got to get this and this and we've sort of been sold that story to keep the vibratory frequency at a certain level but many of us are realizing that there are other means and ways of operating that we don't have to operate at that that level that we can decentralize our reality as we're seeing with cryptocurrencies um and we can use cooperation instead of competition to uh, achieve our goals and and have a much better outcome, then that is sort of shifting the vibratory frequency of the planet, all of us individually, and vice versa. The planet itself is is sort of a, a, a living being, and she also is going through a, this adjustment, this this desire to move into a higher vibratory frequency. And since we're all part of her. Uh, then we also, by default, are shifting our frequency and our vibration to go to this higher level of operation. And this is why we're seeing uh, in our in our 
happening right now, all of this innovation around decentralization, DeFi, it's like the new big thing and Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, all this stuff. And, um, and innovation and the internet and all of this stuff is, is sort of pushing us and guiding us and driving us into a vibratory frequency where these power structures cannot exist anymore. And that is why we're seeing them crumble. And that's why we're seeing them on hyperdrive right now, pushing and taking all steps like no holds barred. We got to, you know, we got to inject everybody with the the graphene so we can start (laughs) taking over the world because we're not going to have a world to take over if things keep going the way they are. So what do you think? That's their mentality. What's the next step, do you think, in all this? The next step is humanity uh, coming to the realization that we are our own sovereign beings. Uh, simultaneously, as we do that, we get exposure to our cosmic uh, bre- brethren, our cosmic friends and family who have been observing and watching us all this time, uh, waiting for our vibratory frequency to shift. Um, so do you think this so, happens in our lifetime? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In it's the happening next, now. In the next what? How many years do you think? I'd say within the next decade will be the 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 major shift, like yeah. the 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 shift that uh, once we get through this next decade, we look when we look back at where we were, it'll be unrecognizable. Like we were, like I can't mm. believe we <laughs> we were there, and and then after that, then the doors open to our cosmic, the floodgates open. You reckon the floodgates open. But mm. we, we're going through this time right now, um, and, and my show is a big focus on this. You know, we, we, I, I interact with these beings, and they're sort of uh, since 2014 and having these conversations with these extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional beings uh, through the vehicle, the technology of channeling, uh, and they have been walking me along this 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 transformation uh, in real time as we're going through it. And uh, if you go back to the first episode in season one um, you, and you watch it linearly, you will see this progression of my questions, progression of the answers, as well as the progression of, of where, where we were and where we are now. And they sort of say at that time in 2014, it's coming. Here we go. Get ready. And then now we're in it. And now the, the conversation is slightly shifted now that we're in it. But uh, the, the key part of my series is, um, is having the conversation with these beings and getting this outside perspective because they sort of have this fishbowl, as I was saying earlier, they're, they're yeah. looking from outside the fishbowl and they can see things in a different perspective that we can't quite see because the way we see it, it's kind of blurry or whatever. They have a, maybe a clearer perspective on certain things, certain things they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, taking that taken the, the this this uh, information and incorporating it into my own life personally has been quite a quite a, a journey um, and has helped me navigate some of the craziness that we're we're seeing what are what do friends and family think of this the the new lease on life that you've had over the you know the last seven or eight years really diving deep into this stuff because it is a different thing. Yeah, and and some people yeah. would be a bit, you know. Um, my 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 dad is a very Christian based uh, uh, guy. You know, he goes to church every Sunday. Uh, sort of a typical Christian based church, and um, 
for him initially his knee-jerk reaction was it's demonic it's evil and uh and there's you know you can't you're not supposed to be talking to beings from other dimensions that's just that's evil and demonic uh and these ufos you know yes they're there you know he's a military guy and you know he saw the citizen hearing and so he believes the testimony of these uh witnesses but his perspective was they all must be demons and we have to be very careful um so over the years, he's seen that I haven't become possessed and I'm not running down the streets trying to kill anybody, you know, with, uh, in fact, I'm like, you know, my message is just quite the opposite. opposite. Yeah. You're pretty, yeah, uh, pretty welcoming. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, uplift humanity and not take it down. Um, yeah. So I think he's, 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 he's uh, softened his view yeah. and uh, not fully welcoming the unknown, of these uh, the interdimensional beings, um, but definitely not as judgmental as before, yeah. and, uh, and 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 not um, scared so much that I might be going down the wrong path. Um, yeah, and my, my mom's always kind of been open to this stuff. She's she's um, she's uh, the opposite extreme. She actually was in a cult when I was younger. Wow, and. Um, and that's probably why I have this 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 wide spectrum of, yeah. of, of things. Um, and for her, it's because she went too extreme the other direction and got into a cult. She's afraid that I might be going into too far and I might be getting sucked into some kind of cult, you know, yeah. uh, that that uh, but she's for the most part open mind. She knows for her. It, it's hard for her to watch the material because of the cult that she was involved in dealt flashbacks. With, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, dealt with beans being channeled through other people. So um, it is a, uh, you know, she definitely uses caution as well. And uh, which is totally understandable. I, mm. I, I get it on all levels. Interesting. Interesting. Mark here says, well, the thing is with UFOs in that the government want to hide the fact they exist so they can continue to control the populace. Just look at COVID and how they've tried to censor the internet. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a little bit what you were saying before, <laughs> wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. And uh, there's, you know, there's some, some caution that might be needed in the UFO subject because there could be a twisting of that narrative uh, uh, and to try to use it in a, in a controlling manner. So we do have to keep, uh, keep our eyes out because, uh, there might be some, uh, groups and, and people who say, call them demons and say, they're going to come and take over the world and, and, uh, you know, get your weapons and we'll spin up. that narrative. Yeah. Spin that narrative. Exactly. And, and that's a possibility, but I, at this point, there are too many people having positive experiences with these interactions that uh, I think um, to spin it, it's just people being like, what, you know, I'm not buying that one. I think that's, uh, it's kind of doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Right. It doesn't make, and, and, and also just logically it doesn't feel right because we're talking about interdimensional beings that can travel through space and time faster than the speed of light. So if they have that technology and they really wanted to do harm to us, let me tell you, they would have done it a long time ago. 
and they would have uh, we would all be enslaved in in you know uh, wearing chains and, and mining gold uh, if on their behalf yeah. uh, like centuries ago they wouldn't wait for us to develop our technology so we get our you know our military uh, built up stronger and better to give them more resistance why would they do that you know they would you know it just yeah. doesn't make sense so yeah. they would uh, I would I would argue with just pure logic with anybody who thinks they're going to come and rape and pillage us that they probably would have done it already. So what do they look like in, in your mind? Is there, is there, do they look like us? Are they formed differently? I've the only, I know as as crazy as this sounds and probably after hearing this, anything goes, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the only interaction I've had with a, uh, a bean, so to say, uh, and, and and I haven't had any any sort of uh, physical uh, action. This has all been sort of in a meditation or in a uh, um, a uh, my mind's eye, if that's a, if that makes sense, is with uh, or in a room in a dark corner. I could kind of make something out, but it wasn't really. Uh, it was kind of a shadow. I couldn't really give it texture or feeling or, or, or an actual thing. But in my mind's eye, it looked like a mantis. A giant praying mantis. Um, wow. Interesting. And I've had telepathic communication with that being uh, or those beings. And um, however, in my show, I interview people who have some have physical connections, some have just a, a sort of a meditation or dreamlike um, connections with, with beings that look just like you and me. Some beings are bigger eyes, bigger heads, different different all different shapes and sizes uh we definitely have the iconic uh gray alien that uh most people see in the movies yeah and this is just one uh known from the zeta reticuli that's kind of the the common uh uh area that uh that group of of beings who's interacted with us uh is is come and and this is sort of based on many test a lot of testimony from different people i've interviewed and talked to and that's kind of what I do is I talk to different people, get their inputs, get their uh, experiences um, and, and, and sort of put it on a record, so to say. And then and then other people can then uh, chime in and, and say, oh, I've had an experience with this kind of being or that kind of being. And, and I'm in a sense in my show, I'm trying to create a, a, a thesaurus or a glossary of, of these different beings in, in different parts of the galaxy, as well as the ones here on Earth. And, and sort of give a, uh, a name and a title and a, a, a connection. So as collective humanity starts to explore these ideas, it, they have uh, somewhere to go. They have a dictionary they can look up. Oh, um, yeah, Ruben show. Uh, they talked about the uh, Zeta Reticuli and this. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. And uh, yeah, let's let's go have uh, lunch with those guys, you know. <laughs> The gaming, the gaming cashier says, Mr. Langdon, do you believe meditation is the key way to communicate with these beings, like with a it clear is. mind? It yeah. absolutely is. Uh, it is um, something happens when we uh, turn off the noise of our daily lives, of the busyness, and when we go to that quiet place, um, we allow uh different thought streams to enter our consciousness 
and in meditation. And, th and that's a lot of times where we get inspiration, we get ideas. It's because the mind's quieted enough to, uh, to, to, you know, it's like the, the famous, uh, uh, you know, Chinese uh, thing where you have to empty your cup to, to fill it back up. Right. Yeah. So if you're, if your cup is full, you don't have, you can't get any new, new uh, lessons or new martial arts skills. You got to empty your cup, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water, as Bruce Lee would say. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and, and that's when, when we can open the door to communication with these, with these beings and just something to throw out there is to set an intention. Intention is very important in doing anything, I believe, but uh, especially when going into a meditative place, um, you can sort of um, make a, uh, a creed or this is what a lot of guided meditations that you can find on YouTube and stuff do is they help set the space uh, through intention to be a positive uh, one a or to be a positive one and to make a connection with a positively oriented being because just like yeah yeah right um as much positive beings as there are in the universe and the galaxy there's opposite equal uh negative energy so you believe in beings. those in those demons and you know the you know the Absolutely. ouija boards and all that sort of that sort of jazz as well in a sense and again the yeah. ouija board i believe is a tool that with allows charged you, yeah. with positive intention and a um and creating a safe space we can connect to positively oriented beings through an ouija board or through tarot cards and these kinds or of things. negative beings or negative beings if your if your field is not clear if you're not and this is what many of the indigenous uh cultures from around the world they create ceremony in order to make contact with positive oriented beings because they know how important it is to make that safe space. And, and without doing that, uh, the uh, negative beings can slip in and, and uh, shift perspectives and create a, um, a, a, you know, a narrative that's going to feed that energy. Negative beings tend to be of that sort of going back to this hierarchical sense where they need to, uh, they, they get fuel from fear. And uh, so they create a fearful environment or fearful ideas or fearful uh, uh, thoughts and, 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 and perceptions of reality to then gain control, fear, power, to then overrule other, other beings that are willing to give up their sovereignty, to willing to feed that animal and that machine or that entity, demon, or whatever you want to call it. Thank you, Dan, for putting this podcast together with Ruben here and having an open mind to listen and engage with what's talked about. Much respect. It's been my pleasure. Um, Wing here says Ruben has ascended. What would you say to that comment? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think the ascension process is something that we're going through collectively right now. And um, I don't think there is ever a completion the process, the journey, you know, life is all always about the journey, not about the destination. We've heard that in our movies and lore all the time. Uh, I don't think it's possible to ascend uh, unless I would exit this reality, this planet, uh, this this matrix. 
uh, perhaps at that point I've ascended and, and, uh, and, you know, millions of others who do the same thing, uh, you know, uh, because of old age or whatever, you know, <laughs> that, uh, so, but I appreciate, I, I understand where she's, he, she's coming from. And, and, um, and to me is, you know, I'm just on the journey and I, I've taken a step out of the normal, uh, stream of, of, of thought and consciousness for a minute because of my wacky wild experiences uh, uh, sort of piqued my curiosity. And then following that curiosity has led me down some crazy paths. Uh, it's been quite an adventure and, 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 and that's all. I'm, I don't think I'm, I wouldn't put myself above anybody else or below. I think we're all on We're all doing our, our duty here. And, and I just, um, I'm following my passion. I'm following my excitement and and I'm reporting it to the world. And for those of you uh, like Dan to have me on your podcast and talk about this stuff, uh, that just gives me joy and, 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 and I'm having fun. I love it, man. I love it. What, tell me if I'm going too far with a question or if you don't want to answer it, but what's your, what's your thoughts on someone like Tom Cruise and science Scientology? Yeah, you know, there's some actual really. Uh, I've I've talked to I have a few friends that are deep into the uh, Scientology thing, and um, I think it's uh, it's there's a lot of positivity that can be uh, obtained from following that path, um, and just like any type of organized uh, religion or belief structure, there uh, there is positivity there. Uh, that's uh, a most of the time, what draws us to those uh, belief systems is because of uh, just the the fundamentals, the basics, um, you know, family uh, ethics, community, building community, um, respect for one another. Uh, they, these these belief structures, I think most, if not all belief, major uh, belief structures around the world hold these values in their core. And, and and that's why they have so many followers because we know that as 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 truth, uh, in and uh, in our core. So so we we follow along and we go we we go along them, and um, and and then we adapt a lot of those teachings into our daily life, and it can create positivity, it can create focus, it can create structure for us to follow and, and sort of go along, and uh, for whatever you know for for Tom uh, Cruise, I can't speak for him, but just from being outside looking in, he seems to be using that structure uh, to guide him through his life and make important decisions uh, through his career. And uh, it's seems to be working for him. So <laughs> if it works for you, why not? You know, if, yeah, if it's not okay. working for you and if it creates negativity in your life and if you're projecting that on other people, then I would say, Hey, put on the brakes. Uh, don't do that. But uh, like my, my friends that are in, in the, um, in the church of Scientology as well. Um, they seem, you know, I don't, I've been trying to, you know, see where they're going to turn and do the, you know, try to suck me in and get me uh, converted, so to say. Um, but that hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. So, yeah. so until that happens, <laughs> and until I can see them taking a negative spiral down uh, their life path that may cause havoc 
and I've heard stories. I know, uh, yeah, you know, my friends might be, but this is with every religion. This is with everything. There there's are, always a story. Yeah, there's always a, a group or a, a faction that's trying to um, overbear its power on the others, and uh, and if you go against that narrative, then there's resistance. So they mess with your life. They take your, you know, your finances or they, you know, they, there's, it's, that's just the typical story with everything. So I tend to uh, try not to be judgmental of other uh, belief systems until it's not serving the individual and the beans around the individual. At that point is where we can, step in and say, okay, we need to make a change here. This is not working out. Right. Cool. I like that answer. I like that answer. Um, Ruben, what would your advice be to give someone who wanted to try psychedelics for the first time? That's from Lion of Dawn. Uh, set and setting is the most important thing. And um, then also – in addition to that, it depends on the type of psychedelic and also the, uh, again, going back to set and setting, who are you doing it with? Why are you doing it? What's your intention uh, behind behind it? And, um, and is there uh, someone who can take responsibility if things go wrong? Because I've been in situations where things have not been uh so good um what do you so, what do you mean like uh in terms of your added like what happens well, to everybody your- reacts everybody has a different reaction to the so psychedelics are very powerful in my mind they're a very powerful portal opener they uh they and they have a different reaction with each person depending on you know, where they're at. Many people, especially these days, especially the younger generations, um, are already open vessels. They're, they're, they haven't been indoctrinated by, you know, the heavy density and the heavy frequencies that, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 40, what am I now? 45, 46. Um, so really I, you're 46. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Shit, so you're doing we, all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of meditation and eating vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the uh, so I come from a, 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 a in a world most uh, a lot a large portion of my life has been in a in a heavier world. You know, um, the younger generation I've noticed has um, also not to not to say that uh, uh, you know that, that that the world is especially these days light by any means. But um, there's a connection to other dimensions that I think is built into the newer generations uh, because of the frequency of the planet has been shifting and becoming a, a lighter frequency, a lighter harmonic as we're moving through. So those of us like my age or older perhaps need a little extra, you know, chemical boost to get us to break those barriers that have been the, the crustiness on the pineal gland that has been uh, built over time. We need a little extra punch to break that, uh, those crystallizations. We've had a little extra fluoride in our system, you know, all these different things. The uh, newer generations 
uh, I've noticed, uh, and, and this is a generalization. This is going to be different for each person. Um, th- they really don't need these psychedelics. Uh, they can, they can, uh, they can simply go into, uh, do meditation or breath work. I, I lead breath work, uh, classes every Thursday in my community here and the young crowds that come in there, they are blasting off like just 30 minutes of breath and they're in another dimension and they're able to wow. see and experience things that have taken me years to develop techniques and many ceremonies to, to, uh, um, to perfect yeah. the effects that, that these, these kids are, are able to tap into now just by a uh, simple, you know, t- 10 minutes of meditation and some breath work. So, um, mm. so just, again, I, I say that just because psychedelics is, is not, even though I've had ton of, of experience with that and it's been um, a huge teacher in my life, it's not for everybody and really do your research uh, I, I'm, I'm like serious research. If, if that's a path you want to go down, uh, really don't just really jump research. into it. Yeah. Don't just jump into it. Yeah. It's, it's again, a tool that can be used to, 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 to build or to break. And, and I've seen a few nasty cases with some powerful psychedelics like ayahuasca um, that um, have taken people um, down a path, a dark path in, and they just, they didn't, their psyche didn't know how to handle it. And afterwards, I think there was some, some damage Yeah, yeah. because the portal was open. Um, physically, most psychedelics don't have the toxicity of like mushrooms, marijuana, ayahuasca. There's like zero to almost zero toxicity. So you're not going to really get a negative health effect beneficial. In fact, there's more beneficial properties to to them than the non for your for your body but uh but mentally uh it definitely blows a hole in your your crown chakra which allows connection to these other realms but uh at the same time without shamans and people responsible people who know and can read the energy around you to help you close those portals because once they're open and then you go out into the world and you expose yourself to other things, that's when these little slippery critters can hop in and do uh, do some damage and, and start taking advantage of the portal that's open. So try mm. to use caution and discernment when, when using any type of um, outside source to help you break through to these other realities. Yago, hey, Ruben, the awesome work that you've done on voice acting and being an amazing person over the years has given us all hope. Please keep it up, man. Will do. Thank you. <laughs> I'll give you a couple more because I know you're a very busy man. Um, so is your is your mission statement, we'll call it, uh, with this show and with your research and everything, just to have more people be open-minded about it and learn more about it and just, just share that with the world? Is that the goal for yeah. you? Yeah, that and uh, that and uh, to uplift humanity, to sort of give, to offer uh, a different operating system for humanity. Um, not that you know you have to drink my Kool Aid and that's the only Kool Aid in town, <laughs> but simply that perhaps by opening your mind. And looking at some of these 
lessons. Uh, and that's the way I see it. It's kind of like going to uh, a university or a school or something and getting lessons uh, from these extra dimensional beings and, uh, and then incorporating them because um, they really do offer a, a, a different perspective that it's hard to get when you're in the thick of things. And simply by adoption of some of these perspectives, we can create a new reality here on earth that can alleviate suffering, alleviate pain, alleviate uh, a lot of the silliness that we're, um, that we have been experiencing for, you know, thousands of years. Um, and we're starting to move out just by default. We're starting to move out into a, a more free world, even though it doesn't seem like that right now because of, uh, you know, all of the silliness that's going on. But in reality, if you take a bird's eye view of what's really going on uh, uh, in our development of technology and our methodologies and approaches uh, to how we treat one another, um, for the most part, again, isolated. Uh, if you go on social media, unfortunately, you see a lot of the negative and you don't see the positive. But um, yeah, I do. I do think we're moving in that direction by default and by uh, take, taking in some of these lessons, we are, um, we can get there a little bit faster and uh, uh, with a little bit more ease. We don't have, because usually in order, in, in human evolution, usually there's been some sort of um, negative force injected into our uh, way of life. And then we have to um, band together to overcome that negative force. And that gives us a, a, an extra step in our evolution. We had this in World War II with uh, the development of the atomic bomb, and we entered into the atomic world, um, which has given us a lot of energy for us to use for uh, different applications. Unfortunately, most of that has been for the war machine. But a lot of it, we get electricity and these kinds of things from, from it. So just using that as an example, that out of, out of chaos comes evolution. But maybe right. we, if, we, if we took time to observe uh, and before it got so chaotic, we can uh, sort of go down a path of evolution still without having to fully engage in the in the chaos wow great answer to that question man <laughs> yeah i could listen to you for hours so where can everyone find this uh this show mate and how do we how do we learn more so the website the best place is the website interviewwithed.org it's all one word uh and ed stands for extra dimensionals um uh, my own personal website, rubenlangdon.com. It's just my first name and last name. That'll, that also will get you there. And, and some of my other work too, obviously in the, in the video game world, but the citizen hearing is also, uh, there's a portal there you can click into. And uh, yeah, it's just, I've got, I'm working on season three right now. So season one and two were on the Gaia network and uh, haven't gotten the renewal from them for season three yet. So I've just decided to put out season three on my own and it's on Vimeo, but all those links and everything are right through the website. Beautiful, mate. Uh, just quickly, Yago says, Ruben, become a professor 
from what you've been telling us, you can help the world out and create positive energy and give the world great evolution. Well, uh, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, it's, uh, I, I, it's not me giving the world evolution as much as just pointing out the path because it all exists right now. We have the technology to, without the aliens landing and without every, we can, we can fix every problem on the planet. And I've made it my life's work to look at these problems and to find the solutions that already exist. And I just like to point to the solutions because so much of the time we're focused on the negativity, which tends to be a distraction from bigger things that are going on behind the scenes and keeps us from seeing the real bigger issues. Wow, fascinating. And just quickly before I let you go, I want to talk to you about um, the African fruit bath that you had. You know that story? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can you please tell that to the listeners? I just want to hear it again. Sure, sure. Actually, that was my first uh, psychedelic experience. Yeah, um, which was not based on it was it was my own uh, brain producing the psychedelics uh, to right. to get me to that state. But that was was that because it was so painful? Do I remember you saying? Yeah, yeah. exactly. the The most painful experience I've ever had in my life was, uh, and I've broken bones and been you know stuntman and done a lot of gnarly things. Um, and this was the worst. Meat- and this was the worst. It was 30 minutes and it was the worst pain I've ever felt. Shit. Um, and it's a, uh, so my, 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 my dear friend who's passed, uh, the late Marcus Lovemore, who was, uh, my Qigong teacher. He was a, a uh, remarkable man with, um, energy and diet taught me a lot about, uh, eating clean and, and energy and uh, food. And, um, he offered this uh, this thing called the Phoenix Bath, which was uh, Phoenix Bath, which was getting. He he did a lot of consultation for people that had cancer and other uh, ailments that uh, physical ailments that couldn't be cured. And one of his um, uh, offerings was this Phoenix Bath for people with severe health issues. And he said, uh, even if you don't have health issues, it's a great detox, uh, and uh, and it puts you in a psychedelic state which makes you tell the truth. Um, sort of like, I guess, like waterboarding, if you, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh, great. He's like, yeah, you can. Uh, so, so part of the process is I had to write down five questions that I wanted to ask myself because he said, once you're in it, you cannot wow. lie to yourself. Isn't and that that's what really piqued my interest. I was like, the physical detox was like just the byproduct. I was like, well, that's cool. I'll get get some healthy things going in here, but but I really want to find out about myself, you know, and and ask the universe and and ask questions. So uh, it was like an ayahuasca ceremony. There was a preparation of a few days that I had to go on a special diet, uh, raw vegan, and then fast for a couple for a day or so. And then, uh, and he prepared it. We went to a, a hotel room with uh, a big like whirlpool. So it was like a big bath because you had to get all the way in it. You didn't want to get in a, in a, in a halfway and, uh, and him and his partner, they, they uh, prepared it. And, you know, he's wearing a mask and gloves. It's, it's African bird food. It's the hottest uh, pepper uh, in, in, I think known to man and that grows. And, um, May, he made these big tea bags of of this this pepper, and he would put it in there. And there's some other things in there. He mixed mixed the herbs together, 
and you go in it and uh it feels you know super first, hot or what it was a very hot bath too so first 30 seconds it was like oh this is nothing and then it just kicks in and you're like whoa it's like uh on your skin just everything starts burning and first thing to go was <sighs> the uh the special parts oh and good bit of shrinkage <laughs> That that was just like when I say go, literally in five minutes, it was like it didn't exist. Oh my the pain, god! The pain was Jesus. so intense that it just went numb, and then I forgot I was I had male parts. Um, wow! And then the rest of my body just started to really just burn and burn and burn and burn, and and, and the pain got so intense. Um, did you ever want to get it? You were going to get out or you were going to. Yeah. Yeah. But he, that this is the other thing is he wears these long gloves. So if you ever try to get out, you, you commit to a time, you say, okay, I think the minimum was 25 minutes. And then he's, you can go up to whatever time you want. And I said, okay, well, 30 minutes, you know, I'll go, go five minutes above the minimum. And he's like, <laughs> okay. So he won't let you out. And, oh my and, goodness. And, until you've gone through your 30 minute process and he's there mm. using his Qigong Kung Fu powers to make sure you stay in there. <laughs> uh, and I had experienced uh, the person who went before me tried to get out and he used his Qigong powers. And I'm like, yep, there's no getting out of that one. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I, so I just knew resistance was futile. Right. So, um, <laughs> so I stayed Shit. in the bath uh, and I don't know after, a certain amount of time, I I think I I just forgot I even had a body and I exited my body and I started uh, transmitting, sort of in a channeling state, um, I, which I heard I've heard the recording and I have no recollection of saying those things. Really, so I was kind of uh, out of my mind, out of my body, and I uh, and and I talked about. Uh, I talked about Archangel Metatron of all things, which I didn't really even have much of a connection at that time. Since then I've looked into that and uh, started did you uh, get, researching. Did you get the answers that you were looking for? Or what were the answers yeah. like? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was sort of asking who my guys were and Archangel Metatron came in and uh, some, some geometry. I, I've, it's been so long. I forgot all the details, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I definitely, and I saw uh, geometry and, in uh, uh, sort of like a psychedelic experience. I, I had these visions that uh at the time i was just you know again i was gone and then i i sort of came back he's like okay we're done and then you know i i came out of the bath they wrapped me in ice sheets and uh put garlic on the bottom of my feet um as a i think it pulls toxins and it was quite quite the experience uh now i'm like yeah i could i think i could do that again but uh at the time i had uh had never uh really been drunk i had never had any psychedelic experiences so that was my first psychedelic uh experience which was triggered by probably pain receptors and uh, fight or flight or whatever it is it just the 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 dopamine the the you know everything was just going straight out of survival okay you yeah. you're either going to uh you know stay in here and, 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 and endure this excruciating pain, or you can go somewhere else and, and explore another part of the universe. And that's what I did. <laughs> Far out, man. I had to tell, I had to get people to hear that story because I've heard a little bit about it, but you've given a few yeah. more insights, which is great. But Sweet. no, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thanks for giving oh. up uh, the last 90 minutes of your time. 
No, well, thank you for letting me spew out my uh, my 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 craziness and uh, no, no craziness <laughs> here, no craziness here. Love it, mate. Well, make sure you check awesome. out uh, Ruben's show, guys. I'll leave links in the description, and uh, I look forward to doing this again, mate. For sure, absolutely. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Take care, mate. All right.